This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to have such a great conversation with someone who has been on the program before, and he has pivoted. I love that root, that word. That's the new one of the new in words, right, for people. He has pivoted into not a different career because he's been there before, but he's, oh, I don't know. It's very confusing, but we are going to be talking about something very different with this guest. So please join me in welcoming Dan Bowles back to our program again. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you before we jump into this. So Dan Bowles is an entrepreneur and financial planner with a teacher's heart. He's passionate about educating and serving others to help them create wealth and financial independence. His professional background includes 10 and a half years of ministry work, eight and a half of which were served as the executive director of the nonprofit ministry to the university campus, and nearly 10 years of banking, financial services, and insurance. He started multiple businesses, failed a startup, run for public office, and didn't win. And, but he'll be the first to tell you that education and knowledge he gained gives him a tremendous advantage as a common sense financial planner. Absolutely. A big believer in beginning with the end in mind and teaching others the concepts and strategies that enable smart financial choices, Dan excels in taking complex issues and reducing them to understandable problem-solving ideas. So again, Dan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great. great. Well, you know, as I said, when we were on before, we talked totally different. And now we're going to be talking about, you know, financial planning and some things like that. And really not as, as a business, but as a person, you know, and, and let's be honest, we are, you know, we all think that we are our business, but no, we have to take care of ourselves and our own financial futures first and, and those of our family and, and the people that we care about. And so many times I think that we forget about that, especially when we're so busy building a business, running a business, doing all of those various things. And so we might have our financial house in order with our business, but personally, it's just a disaster, you know, and, and there's so many things that I think that we tend to forget that that's why we really wanted to, to have you on the program today. Well, it's great to be here. And, um, I agree with all that completely. And I also agree um, that when it comes to our personal finances and, and the plans and executing that plan, um, the, the hardest thing for most people to do, I have found, has always been removing the emotion mm-hmm. from the decision-making and removing right. the emotion from the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news there is it's easy to do it if you just have the right people involved in helping you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad news is, you know, it, we, we're wired in such a way that we are emotional creatures mm-hmm. naturally. Um, we are passionate creatures naturally. Mm-hmm. And there's just certain things that we want to hang on to. There's just certain things that are somewhat systematic because generation after generation after generation, our families have done things certain ways or, you know, laws change and we're not aware of the law changes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's so many different things that go into it. And sometimes Doggone it! No matter what you tell me, I want a red sports car, right? And right. It may not be I'm a rational. Decision. That I can't really it afford be, that. <laughs> it may not be a practical decision. It may not be a smart decision. Then again, maybe it is. Um, but every person's situation is unique, and so part of what I love doing is helping my clients remove the emotion from that mm-hmm. and reminding them: Listen, all that we're doing is math. Right. And and, and at the end of the day, this is just math. One mm-hmm. plus one will always equal two. No matter what we do, Mm -hmm. no matter what variables we throw into the puzzle, one plus one will always equal two. And so I approach financial planning, retirement planning, all of that. I approach it the exact same way. And I just help my clients remove the emotion from the conversation and and realize, look, your house, your family, your plan and how we execute it is just like running a business. Now, there's different laws. Obviously, there's different tax advantages or tax benefits and this and that between business and personal. 
but it's just like running a business. You need right. to run your finances mm -hmm. just like a business. So mm -hmm. a business tells its money where to go. Right. Why don't you? Mm -hmm. A business creates a budget and it literally tells its money where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. So should we? Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just math. It's just math. Well, and... You know, they, they say that money is, of course, one of the, the hardest things to discuss, one of the hardest things to think about, you know, and it really doesn't matter what age you are, you know, even though many of the things you should be planning for much earlier than, than we do, because things happen, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about wills and, and some things like that. And, you know, certainly as a 20 year old, a 30 year old, even a 50 year old, you don't want to think I have to have a will. You know, that's something for those people who are in their 90s. Well, sadly, things happen, you know, and, and we need to make sure that things are taken care of the way we want them to be taken care of. And, you know, in, in many cases, it's a pretty simple process. Um, but, you know, and, and financial planning, you know, investing, all of these various things. And I think especially with small business owners who are pouring all of their, their money back into the business. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is very tricky, you know, because they're not part of a corporation that has a 401k plan, you know, and things like that. And so they're thinking, you know, how do I invest or I can't invest? And of course, right. there, there are ways to do that. But let's kind of take a, a little detour at the moment. Okay. How is it that you got into doing this? Because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you kind of gone, maybe it's full circle, um, you know, and, and we were chatting before the, the program started that, you have, have done a lot in your life and you are just a youngster. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't but, yeah, I know. Yeah. There, there are days where it's like, Oh man, but, uh, but you know, you've uh, obviously everything that you have done has made you who you are today, but it really has been kind of a diverse path. So, so how is it that you've come back to where this is your passion now? Well, it's always been a passion. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I stepped out of the industry a few years ago, mm -hmm. um, really because I was a little disenchanted mm -hmm. and um, frustrated. And I don't know that um, that's a unique story. I think right. I have a lot of peers that feel the same way. Mm -hmm. um, but end of the day, I would, I would just say that, that I kind of hold a conviction, a belief that the financial planning industry, the investment industry, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. this industry that has everything to do with financial services and, and helping people with their personal financial plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's called 50 different things, but it's all the same. It's just, mm -hmm. it's really increasing your value year over year, right? Mm -hmm. your, your, right. Uh, your net worth and your wealth and everything related to it. Mm -hmm. uh, the industry as a whole, as long as I've been a working adult and longer, mm -hmm. has been broken. Mm -hmm. and right. That kind of came to head for me a few years ago when I was still with another company. Um, and I decided um, to look for greener pastures and, and, and uh, not to toot my horn too much, but my wife and I were in a, a very good position financially. Mm -hmm. So I was able to take some risks. I was presented with an opportunity to be part of a startup mm -hmm. um, and I jumped on it. You know, one of my dreams is to be Mark Cuban when I'm older. Right. So I, I thought, you know what, this is my chance. I'm going to mm -hmm. take this opportunity to jump in on this startup, um, cross my fingers, pray, and, and hope to God that it works. Um, nine months in, it went belly up. And <laughs> it was a very expensive kaboom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I learned more in the process of that than probably anything else I've done, mm -hmm. the exception maybe of running for office mm -hmm. at the local level. Um, so I jokingly tell people all the time, you know, I have an MBA Mm -hmm. uh, it's just not a traditional MBA. It was right. a very expensive MBA. It's just mm -hmm. not a traditional one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and from there, I actually jumped into when I was on the show last time, I was partner and co-owner of a marketing agency called Market Pros, which is still around, mm -hmm. still doing great. And uh, Don Storma, who is the owner and founder of that, is doing great. Mm -hmm. uh, highly recommend anybody that's looking for that to, to look him up and, and go that route. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. It just something was missing. Um, and so, you know, kind of to your point a minute ago, it, it has been a full circle thing. And when I was 18, 19, 20, I was already working in insurance and then moved over to banking. Uh, I was with a small little bank that, that grew up in Atlanta called Nations Bank and then mm -hmm. became part of Bank America. And they merged and became Bank of America, which is probably the largest bank in the country today. Mm -hmm. um, in a great career there, it was three, a little over three years um, before my position was eliminated. And, um, you know, just kind of moved on down the road, got my degree, ended up at ING, where we both worked mm 
a little while. We know a lot of the same people, which is awesome um, and, and love it there. But a lot of the philosophies that I have when it comes to financial planning, um, even back then, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, when I would share those ideas, those concepts, those strategies, that philosophy of mine mm-hmm. with people, um, I'd get laughed out of a lot of rooms because right. I was told it was not possible mm-hmm. or that's not how this works mm-hmm. or you know, you need to, you need to, you need to do it our way. Cause it's the way we've always done it or whatever. So it's really just kind of, I was really disenchanted a few years ago when I stepped out. Um, I actually left ING right after my first child was born. Uh, I was a stay at home dad for a couple of years with him, which was a blast. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. But as a guy, like y- you kind of have to have something to do mm-hmm. not to knock stay at home parents. They're my heroes all day right. long. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're a mom or a dad, if you're a stay-at-home parent, mm-hmm. um, I, not, there's nobody on this planet that I have more respect for than right. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the most underappreciated, undervalued, and underpaid job on the planet. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I needed something to do, mm-hmm. and I stumbled into part-time youth ministry. Did that for a little while, and then ended up in university ministry and ended up executive director of a nonprofit for eight and a half years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was an incredible learning experience because mm-hmm. um, I went from starting a ministry completely from scratch. That was kind of a, kind of a whim, kind of an idea that a bunch of people had and they recruited me to, to run the show basically. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, Oh my God, I've done youth ministry for three years. I don't know what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. and these guys are thrusting me into leadership right. as an executive director. What in the world? And, um, but I mean, it was, it was a ride. And then I came back into the industry um, and then was in it until 2016 when I stepped out. Um, but Capstone, um, which is who I'm with now, Capstone mm-hmm. Financial, it's been in Atlanta since 1886. They're a premier wealth advisory firm. They're well known throughout Atlanta and they're, they're now moving into Florida, Tennessee and the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, they came to me towards the end of last year and said, Dan, we'd really like you to come work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of kept pushing back, kept pushing yeah. back. So, uh, yeah. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally they just, they were persistent and they kept on. And I finally just said, well, what, what is it about me that really, that you want me to be part of the team mm-hmm. for? Why, why do you want me? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, they understood where I was coming from with, with me kind of being disenchanted and having left. And, and I'd been out two and a half years at that mm-hmm. point, almost three. And, um, so, you know, you know, I've got to relearn everything. I got right. to look at licenses. Mm-hmm. I got to, I got to do all this stuff to, to come back. So I need you to help me a understand why you want me and B, right. um, why would you want to, mm-hmm. why, why do I want to exactly? Mm-hmm. And, and what hooked me instantly was I knew that we were in alignment and I knew that their philosophy mirrored mine when they said, Dan, the industry's broken. Mm-hmm. We need guys like you that understand it's broken. We need guys like you that are character guys, that are integrity guys, that want to do it the right way, that want to turn everything upside down and begin with the end in mind and fix this industry because it's mm-hmm. important to the financial well-being of right. our clients and mm-hmm. this country. And I just remember sitting there in that meeting and thinking, this isn't possible. It's too mm-hmm. good to be true. And, mm-hmm. you know, but the deeper I dove with them, the more I got a chance to sort of look behind the curtain and see what their operation looked like and talk to people on the team. I got to know the GA, got to know the managing director, um, you know, and I know a couple of people that work there. They were working on me too. That's how mm-hmm. I got introduced. <laughs> um, but, you know, the more I got to see, the more I began to realize, Hey, this is, this is legit. This is a great company. And, um, and they made me an offer and said, we want you, we want you bad enough that we want to give you the chance to be a VP in three to five years and have your own wow. Mm-hmm. thing if you want. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a tremendous opportunity for me. Um, but at the same time, I know they're leveraging my expertise mm-hmm. and my connections and, right. and, and, and my skill set to do great things for mm-hmm. our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the other things I love too, is, you know, my approach has always been, I think financial planning should be a boardroom mm-hmm. conversation. If that's mm-hmm. how businesses do it, right. They right. have their entire C-suite mm-hmm. at the table mm-hmm. making these important decisions. Why don't we, Right. right? So every family should have a CEO, a CFO, a COO, um, right? And so I want to be that family CFO mm-hmm. for my clients. I want right. them to know and, and trust that they can call me or email me or text me, whatever, the, whatever they, however they like to communicate. They can get a hold of me very easily. I'm very accessible mm-hmm. um, and say, hey, we're thinking about buying a Ferrari. Do you think that's a good idea? Depending on the client, I'll say that's right, a yeah. mm-hmm. or that's a terrible. Idea. Or maybe you need the ba- the matchbox version. <laughs> maybe a Camaro, you know, maybe maybe 
Corvette, maybe not a Ferrari, maybe right. maybe a Camry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's it's just sort of understanding that even as families, even mm -hmm. as individuals, we really ought to take a boardroom approach to putting a plan in place and mm -hmm. executing it so that we can stay on track and stay on plan so that we can remove that emotion from the process um, and make smart financial decisions. Yeah. Well, Dan, that's great. You know, and, 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 you know, one of the things that you mentioned was your ministry. And mm -hmm. I think that in many ways, especially when I think about this, and I, you know, you mentioned I've been in the financial world also, those two it often seem to be counterintuitive. And so I love that you bring your faith into what you're doing. Because it is something that I think people, you know, they, they think it, you know, making money is bad. Making money is evil, you know, and, and it's not. It's, it's planning for, your, for our future. And in many cases, you know, it is that you're planning to leave a legacy with, say, your church or, you know, some things like that. So, yeah, you know, and, and, the, and it is part of bringing everything together. You know, you mentioned the fact that, you know, we need the CFO, the CMO, all of those things. And when we're doing our own personal financial planning, we don't do that. You know, we don't stop and think, where's, you know, even what's my current budget? What are my future plans? Can I buy that Ferrari? Can I buy that house? All of these various things. And, and nobody ever talks. And, and, you know, it is what, <coughs> excuse me, money is the leading cause of divorce. People don't want to talk about it. Seems like when they do talk about it, all they do is fight about it. <coughs> so I love that you can bring in kind of, and maybe it is that you've been a minister, that facilitating portion to be able to kind of talk people through what might be some difficult conversations. They can be. And, and, and sometimes I joke and say, I'm really a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a teacher's heart and, and I always have ever since I was young, I've, mm -hmm. I've kind of had that teacher's heart. Um, and, and my faith is absolutely a big piece of who mm -hmm. I am, big piece of my identity. Um, and I, and I hear it all the time, you know, mm -hmm. Oh, you can't take anything to heaven with you. So what's the point? You might as well, you know, enjoy it while you've got it and spend right. it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I always tell people, look, it, it, you've, you've got it backwards. Um, a couple of things I'll say to that. One is, you know, when you pass on, um, what you leave behind is your final loving act, right? right? Your family. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one act show. It's mm -hmm. a constant act. If you mm -hmm. set it up right. Um, I have a friend who had a family member that passed away and, and it was, it was actually her dad. And, and when he passed away, he did so in such a way, he had a plan in place that, um, he was touching her life at least three, four times a year. For the next 20 years, Aww. flowers, cards, mm -hmm. letters, gifts. I mean, you name it. Um, he made sure that his daughter and, and everybody else in the family mm -hmm. knew I may not be there, but I was part of your life. Right. Um, and he, he did a lot of charitable giving too, mm -hmm. which was, was wonderful. And, mm -hmm. and I like being able to help people do that. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's important to me to help people understand, look, yeah, you can't take your riches with you, but what you do with what you have in your life, biblically speaking, you are called to be a steward right. of what you're given, right? And and when you're given a little and you're responsible with it, you're going to be given more, mm -hmm. right? So naturally, if what we do um, with our resources, if, if we make smart decisions with it, we're going to see more. It's, right. it's, it's mm -hmm. going to multiply. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there needs to be a plan in place. There needs to be a legacy and a state plan in place. Um, and I want to know with my clients, mm -hmm. I, I, I start every conversation with any new client with, do you have a will? Mm -hmm. Do you have a trust? Do you have advanced healthcare directives? Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a living will? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how, how do all those things happen? And I don't make a dime on any of that. I don't right. do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't but make it part of that. everything as, as we were saying. It does. And, and mm -hmm. all of that shapes what I do and what my team at Capstone mm -hmm. does when we put options together for our clients to choose mm -hmm. from and, and decide which way they want to go mm -hmm. um, based on their goals. And um, the, the reason we, I start there, the reason Capstone starts there has everything to do with tax efficiency mm -hmm. and minimizing that tax impact because you know, the, the reality is I said earlier, the industry is broken. 
It's mm-hmm. broken in a number of ways. One right. of them is structure, mm-hmm. but another is, um, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but when you think about retirement planning and the conversations that you hear, the commercials that you see, mm-hmm. the ads that you see, the conversations that a lot of my colleagues have, um, whether it's you know uh, in a networking setting or in a client setting or just out in public, you'll hear them talk a lot about asset accumulation, mm-hmm. um, you know, wealth accumulation, asset allocation. And those are all good things to talk about. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say they're not, right. uh, but what you don't hear them talk about is tax efficiency, mm-hmm. tax planning. And I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax expert, but I bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to get your CPA involved mm-hmm. conversation because they're part of that boardroom right. um, council mm-hmm. of advisors that mm-hmm. are helping you put your plan together. Mm-hmm. And I need to know what their thinking is when they're doing your taxes and your tax preparation. And they need to know what my thinking is in the process. And we all need to know what you, if you're the client, what your thinking is and what your goals are and what's kind of going through your mind as far as, you know, strategy goals and and where are you today versus where you want to be tomorrow and where you've come from. Right. It's that boardroom approach. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just not something that is commonly done Mm -hmm. in this industry. Um, the other thing I'll say to people all the time is I'll ask them to pull out their driver's license and say, show me your driver's license. And I'm like, why, why do you want to see my driver's license? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know if you're an organ donor. Ah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are organ donors. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of quirky and kind of cliche to say this, but at the end of the day, it's true. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to give a complete stranger that you've never met your vital right. organs, mm-hmm. then shouldn't you be willing to make sure that your family has a legacy mm-hmm. and, and, and the final act of right. love, the, mm-hmm. uh, a financial plan in place for when you're dead. Right. And a lot of people think I've never really thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. You should. Because mm-hmm. really at the end of the day, it's true. If you're willing to give a complete stranger, your vital organs, wouldn't you want to also make sure your family is taking mm-hmm. care? Right. Um, well, it's, and it's I think so many people just assume they mm-hmm. will be, you know, well, I don't need a will because it'll automatic. And you know, we'll, talk about this in more detail, you know, they, they think uh, well, it will, you know, what I have automatically goes to my spouse or, you know, all of these various things. And, and, um, and, you know, and, and then there are family, you know, we ha- kind of have this running joke in my family that, you know, you, you want your, your, the last check that is written using your money to be to the undertaker and you want it to bounce. <laughs> you know? And so you, so you've literally spent down to the very last penny, mm-hmm. you know, and, while there is, you know, uh, I mean, we we definitely want, you know, people to, to be enjoying their life. I mean, it's not save, 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 and never enjoy anything because, you know, you, you've got to get there. But, you know, it, things happen. You know, we mentioned that, you know, and, and so you can't be planning for someday, you know, and, and I think that's the, the, the part that people really – don't take into account when they're doing their financial planning is they're either not planning at all or they're just planning so far out that they forget that there's all this time in between that they need to be enjoying life. You know, if the Ferrari really is going to make it for them right then, okay, then maybe they need the Ferrari, but, um, you know, it's, it's <laughs> common. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a town where there are Ferraris that go by and I'm like, Oh, um, you know, I'd be one of those. I'd park at nine miles away from anything, you know, and, and, oh, well, and of course, you know, I couldn't have that, you know, that I'd just be so scared that it was going to get dinged. But, um, but you know, it's, it's that combination of living and enjoying now and then being able to live comfortably and, you know, in your retirement and then leave that legacy. And, and for some people, you know, they, they might not want to leave a legacy, but there's, you know, there's, there are many things people never even thought about. We've started having the discussion with um, the University of Colorado, which is where both my husband and I went to, to college about leaving a legacy for them. Um, You know, and, 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 you know, the, we've, don't need to get into details on things like that. But one of the things on, on the plans that they set up is you can change it. You know, you might be saying, okay, we're going to give X number of dollars now, but that can change, you know, and, and so you're, you're committing to it. And of course they like you to commit to that because then it helps for their bookkeeping purposes, but it's, it's not written in stone. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that people tend to, to mistake is they think, well, if I say I'm going to do X, it means I absolutely have to do X. No, you know, situations change. You might want to give more. You might want to give less. 
all these various things. Absolutely. Um, and, and you kind of touched on a couple of things that are good segues for some of the things I wanted to cover today. Okay. Jump um, in. <laughs> you know, wills and estates in particular. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I, well, let me back up actually and, and talk about just having a financial plan even. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on who you listen to and what expert they are and when you hear it, you'll hear industry experts talk about 80 to 86%, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range of people in this country do not have a financial advisor, mm-hmm. do not have a financial planner, do not have a financial plan. They're right. just paycheck winging to paycheck it. or winging it or mm-hmm. DIYing it. Mm-hmm. And look, if you're a DIYer, I get it. There's things that I like to do myself mm-hmm. too. Um, but in the day, you really need to be careful if you're DIYing your financial mm-hmm. plan. Um, like I, I have to go through a ton of education and a ton of licensing and certifications mm-hmm. to do what I do. And, and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm back into this after a brief hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm working alongside some of the brightest minds mm-hmm. in the industry at Capstone. And I love that. I love that if there's an area where I don't know something like I'd like to know it, I just walk down the hall and knock on the door and mm-hmm. say, Hey, so-and-so right. um, a client, this is kind of what I'm mm-hmm. dealing with. What, uh, what do you think? And, you know, get their advice. And that's the other thing is with Capstone. I don't, my clients don't have access to just me. It's me plus a hundred other advisors mm-hmm. and planners. And um, it, we're a very collaborative work together teamwork sort of firm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all in business by ourselves for ourselves, but we're not really by ourselves. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much a partnership. Right. Um, so, you know, I've got one, one example is for um, clients that are in the healthcare industry, particularly doctors and pharmacists and, um, you know, practitioners of any kind in the healthcare industry that are high income earners, Capstone owns Wealth MD, which is a well-known wealth management firm for doctors and, and uh, health professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a huge asset. So the clients that I have that happen to be in that field, mm-hmm. I can say to them, you know, if there's something in particular that is part of your profession and mm-hmm. I'm not really aware of, you know, how the implications right. might be for your plan or your taxes mm-hmm. or whatever. We've got resources mm-hmm. at our disposal for no charge that, that we have to use. So right. um, that's a very, very important thing. But to get back to the wills and the estates thing, um, most people don't have a will either. Mm-hmm. People always think, oh, well, you know, all my stuff will go to my spouse or all my stuff will go to my kids. The reality is you chances are, depending on what state you live in, if you don't have a will that you have written and had notarized yourself, the state that you live in has written one for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, so and they may or may not do what you want with bad it. News. Mm-hmm. It's good news, because, it, but it's also bad news. And the bad news is if you go read it, you're probably going to find you don't like what it says. Right. And, and I don't know about most people, but I do know in my case, number one, I don't want the state determining where my assets go. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I know they're going to keep half. Right. Um, but I also don't want them determining where the rest of it goes because who knows where they'll decide mm-hmm. to put it. And the second thing, and this is honestly the most important thing for me as a father, I don't want the state determining where my children go. Right. I don't want the state determining who's going to take care of my children. Mm-hmm. They may not choose the same people mm-hmm. as me. Right. And and I think that's something that, that parents really have to have that, that con- and and with themselves, they need to have that conversation because, you know, you might think that your brother Bob is a great person and your wife's going to who? <laughs> no, we, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and, and it is one of those things that, and, and it needs to be, as you said, written down, you know, you have to take these steps. It can't just be that you've told somebody, well, hey, right. you know, if something happens to me, you know, here's what we want to happen. I mean, I know people who have even detailed out who their pets are going to be taken care of, um, right. you know, by. And, and it's funny that people go to that degree with pets, but then they don't stop to think about their kids. And, and you know, you're, you're right. The state might say, you know, it's going to be a, a grandparent, you know, somebody like that. And it's like, no, nah, that really wasn't who you wanted. So right. you need to take those steps, um, you know, and, and, and we all obviously – like to, to hope that nothing's going to go wrong, you know, and, and especially for people who are healthy and, and have married someone who's healthy, you know, all those various things. But unfortunately, tragedies happen and accidents happen. And, and so you need to take those steps. Um, I actually do have a will. Oh, yay, I have, I have a will. Um, and I did that when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer. I thought, you know, I should probably just make sure that, you know, everything is, it goes where I want it to go. 
And so, you know, I've taken those steps and, and done all that. And, you know, and, and then I was very surprised to learn that my medical powers of attorney are state specific. I mean, that was very strange when I discovered that, you know, if something happened when I was in another state, just because I had that little piece of paper that says that, you know, my husband is the, the person in charge, that place doesn't have to honor it, that state, you know, and, and so it's, you know, and it gets tricky. And that's why, obviously, it's, it's good to, you know, yeah, you can do it yourself. But I mean, these are just two real, real small examples of why it's best to consult, you know, an, an expert. Absolutely. And, and I have some wonderful estate attorneys all throughout Georgia that I work with to, to refer clients to. Mm-hmm. There's some good online resources too. Right. Uh, one of them is, um, if you don't mind me sharing it on, sure. on, the, on the show today, mm-hmm. one of them is doyourownwill.com or doyourownwill.org. I forget mm-hmm. the exact link, but um, I'll try and send that to you so that you can put it okay. in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a, if you're a DIYer or you're just someone that you know isn't ready to spend the three hundred to five hundred to maybe even a thousand dollars together an estate plan that includes all of those documents, mm-hmm. um, you know I get it, and especially someone that's young, single, no children, or and, yeah, and has, has no a children. pretty basic and and pretty simple, basic, yeah. yeah. But the minute you start having children, and the minute you start acquiring any kind of assets, and, and a lot of people don't realize you have more assets than you realize. I mean, one of the questions I ask um, clients and prospective clients alike is, do you know what your greatest asset is? Mm-hmm. And the typical answers are my 401k or my house, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, my, my grandfather had a pension fund and he mm-hmm. passed away and he rolled it into a trust. And so that's there for me when I hit a certain age or whatever. End of the day, that's not your greatest asset. Mm-hmm. Your greatest asset is actually your ability to get up every day and go to work. Right. If you do the math, right? It's just mm-hmm. math. If you do the math and you mm-hmm. add it up, that's your greatest asset. Mm-hmm. And it's also the number one thing that most people fail to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, disability income policies are, I, I, I don't want to get deep into the weeds with product. I really shouldn't be discussing product. Right. Yes. Disclaimer uh, time. Disclaimer time. <laughs> disclaimer time. Uh, you know, but th- there are strategies. That's, that's the better way to put this. There are strategies. There are tools and resources that everyone, no matter what their income is, Mm-hmm. and um, put in place to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and a good financial plan is grounded, is rooted right. in a foundation mm-hmm. of protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you look at growing. Right. Then from there, you mm-hmm. look at, okay, how can we, you know, what strategies can we put in place to, to really throw some fuel on the fire, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But um, you know, the, the reality is, I believe that it's worth it to pay those attorneys to do their job. Mm-hmm. That's why they're experts. They, they went mm-hmm. to school six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they passed one of the toughest exams in the country in their bar exam to get that license, right. to practice that law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I, there's some great ones mm-hmm. and, and I can refer people to them all day long. I'm happy to do that because mm-hmm. I don't want to really put a plan in place for a client until I know that's dealt with. Right. There's a couple of other things that I want to make sure are dealt with too. One of them is I want to make sure my clients have a uh, an insurance umbrella policy mm-hmm. in place. I don't sell those anymore. I'm no longer in the property and casualty business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't make any money on that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I will make sure that my clients go back to whoever their agent is for their home and their auto insurance and have a conversation with mm-hmm. them. And I'll make sure their agent knows, hey, right. so-and-so should be calling mm-hmm. you to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have a million or $2 million umbrella policy in right. place to protect yourself. Well, and especially if you're a small business owner that, and, and one that's not in an industry where insurance is required. So say a contractor, you know, something like that. Um, you know, I have an umbrella policy to, to cover my business. Be- you know, and, and I do this for a living. So people think, well, why on earth would you need an umbrella policy? Well, you never know when something might yeah. happen. And, you know, and, and for the amount of coverage, it really is very inexpensive. It, you know, like you said, dovetails onto your homeowner's insurance in, in many cases. You know, and, and I think that's one thing that especially small business owners and entrepreneurs don't stop to think about, you know, and, and maybe it's something, you know, that really simple, you know, say you're doing crafts and you're selling them on Etsy. Well, what if somebody swallows a pin, a pokey pin from one of your, your things and sues you? I mean, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you could be covered. Um, reality and, is whether you're in business mm-hmm. for yourself or not, and you're an employee somewhere or whatever, 
I tell people all the time, it's not a matter of if you get right. sued. It's a matter of when mm-hmm. you get sued. Right. And when you look at the the cost of an umbrella policy, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how much coverage you get, million, two million or up, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your age and what you do for a living, you're talking about, about $150 to $300 yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. You do the math and you add that up mm-hmm. and you begin to realize, okay, $150 to $300 a year times 20, 30, 40 years, that's going to cost me X amount of dollars. Right. But that protects me from a million dollar, $5 million lawsuit, which means my home is protected from getting a lien against it. Mm-hmm. My wages are protected from being garnished. Right. My assets are protected mm-hmm. from seizure, right? When you start to really understand the value of protection and most, look, most successful, smart people already know it. I don't have mm-hmm. to tell them they already know it, but most younger people that don't have the experience yet, the life experience mm-hmm. to to, to understand that they're just kind of coming into that. Mm-hmm. I work with some folks that are in their mid to late twenties and they're just beginning to get, hit those mm-hmm. earning years and develop you know, yep. asset accumulation. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know that yet, but that's really because mm-hmm. nobody's taught them right. that. yet. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down with them, it's like, okay, you may not need this yet, right? Mm-hmm. You may not have any assets yet. You may not really have any exposure yet. But at some point, you're gonna. Mm-hmm. The minute you get married, the minute you have a child, mm-hmm. and, and those of us that do have children, our minds probably all go to the same place at the mm-hmm. same time. One of them is going to turn 16 soon, right? Yeah, and be driving. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're going to start driving. Mm-hmm. And so you better believe that, you know, my oldest is 14. Um, between now and when he turns 16, I'm going to up my umbrella policy mm-hmm. considerably. Right. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, 16-year-olds do 16-year-old things. And and life happens. Mm-hmm. So. All insurance is as a, as a product really is a piece of paper that says, I promise to pay this much in exchange for this. Mm-hmm. This company promises right. to, mm-hmm. to take on my risk mm-hmm. exposure. Yeah. That's you it. Know, the, the other thing that I use, the reason why I got my umbrella policy and hopefully we'll never need it for, but the reason I have it is because I, I volunteer and I serve on boards and Boards can be sued. You know, I, I really? served on a nonprofit board in Colorado. We had an employee that we terminated and she sued us, you know, and, and she sued the board and then she sued us all individually. Yep. And, you know, and, and it was one of those things turned out fine. Um, you know, we as the, the nonprofit had the board of directors insurance that, you know, that we were required to have and, and all those various things. And so our, our own assets and everything were never touched, but we could have been in serious trouble, you know, and, and you know, we, we volunteer for things, you know, whether it's your church, whether it's your, your kids stuff, I mean, all these various things, you never know when you might be sued. You know, I saw some, this was just on the news yesterday where it was a group of parents who decided to dry out the baseball field. I don't know if you saw this. They were going to dry out the baseball field. They, there were 10 of these people that made this decision. So 10 people thought this was wise. They poured gasoline all over this baseball field and set it on fire. And of course, it completely ruined the field. And, you know, it, what if somebody had been burned? I mean, you know, all sorts of things. So that, that umbrella policy really is just kind of that extra, in case something you do something stupid, <laughs> maybe insurance. Well, and, and the other beauty, and I know this because I have a, a background, um, you know, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I did spend some time at Allstate, did spend some time with Nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do have a background in property mm-hmm. and casualty in addition to all the other stuff that I've done. Um, the reality is if you have the umbrella play, policy in place, uh, you file a claim on that policy, that policy just goes away and you replace it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't touch your homeowner's policy or right. your auto policy. Mm-hmm unless it absolutely has to, right? So unless it's an incident that happens in the home or an incident that happens related to you driving your car, um, there's a good chance that you can just file the claim through the liability policy only. Then it never touches the liability on your home, which means your homeowner's policy is protected. And right. that's not going to, you know, I, I will tell you all day long. I, I, I tell people this all the time. You, you, you would be amazed at the stories I can tell you. I love, um, I won't say which company it is, but there's a, a current property and casualty company. It's a, a good company, a mutual company, and they have some really funny commercials. And it's about, you wouldn't believe some of the stories mm-hmm. that we know about. Oh, yes, yes. And, um, you know, to, to that point, I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy, strange mm-hmm. things. and Things happen. Mm-hmm. Things happen. And, yeah. and 
And it's astounding to me in this seat as a 40 year old Mm -hmm. father of three, husband, business owner, entrepreneur that does volunteer, that's on a couple of boards, Mm -hmm. right? And um, it's astonishing to me to know that I have so many of my peers that it's it's not that they're stupid. They just don't know. No. Yeah. You just don't stop to think, well, wait a minute. What if? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are incredibly smart people. And Mm -hmm. so when I have those conversations, I'm like, well, like, oh, I'm not going to need that. I'm not going to need that. And, and I just look at him. I'm like, well, what if you're wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. Can you, you know, afford what's your plan? Mm-hmm. What's, what's your plan? Yeah. Well, and like you said, you know, it's 100 to $300. Now, you know, obviously it's different if you don't have a home, you know, all these various things. But, you know, you can, you can still get covered. But even but, if you're renting, you right. can get. Yeah. That's, that's one hour of legal time. <laughs> Think of it that way. You know, and, and so if you had to go hire a lawyer you've spent that much, you know, and, and so, you know, just have it covered and, and do all of that. And, and, you know, and, and seriously, folks, if you are a small business owner, an entrepreneur, you know, even if you've done all the right steps and incorporated, done all of those things, set your business up right, you still want to personally protect yourself by having something as simple as an umbrella policy. Well, and, and I don't want to make this sound so terse, but you know, at the end of the day, do you love your family? Do you mm-hmm. want to make your, right. your family at ease and mm-hmm. at peace? Um, or do you want to throw the dice on the table and take that gamble that, you know, you don't have the protection in mm-hmm. place and then all of a sudden that lawsuit happens and you lose all your assets and now you're homeless, you mm-hmm. know, and, and now you got to look at your, your wife and your children or your husband and your children and say, oops, I'm sorry. Right. You know, yeah. Um, or, or maybe there went the kids' college fund, or you know, whatever. Um, you know, or maybe you're not around. You yeah. know, it's been that tragic, and they're having to deal with it. Um, no. you know, and and so you probably know, made a lot of PNC agents really happy today. I know, I know, they're all. But, you know, I, I think it's important oh, wait, have, as as a financial planner. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's important as a financial planner, though, that the people have these things in place. Right. You need the will, you need the power of attorney, you need the living will, mm-hmm. um, you need the umbrella policy. The cost of those things is nominal mm-hmm. compared to the cost of what could happen and what right. will happen mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan. And, and like I said earlier, it's not a matter of if, it's mm-hmm. a matter of when. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I believe in hedging my bets mm-hmm. and um, having a plan in place to deal with the what ifs. And, right. you know, well, the, the funny thing is, your finances, your financial plan tends to get rewarded the more conservative you are with protecting yourself and planning for those risks, mm-hmm. the more you tend to accumulate. Right. There is a but, well, and because you're thinking of it. I mean, it's just kind of you're in that mindset. Yep. Yep. You know, and it is also important, I want to point out, that this is not get it and forget it. You know, you need to be updating it. You know, you might have done all of this when you had one child. Now you have three. Um, you know, they they might have kids now. All of these various things. Um, you know, I, when when I worked for for ING, it is a life insurance company, and yep. it was one of those things where people would say, "Well, my beneficiary was so and so, who is a former spouse." And golly gee, we're divorced and I want my money, you know, and it's like, no, 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 you had to have redone that. You know, it doesn't matter what you wanted or even what your will said, what that insurance policy said is who that money goes to. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all these pieces because we had people say that all the time. Well, my will says, or you know, they didn't say it, their, their estate said, um, you know, the, the will said this and it's like, ah, that life insurance policy was to, to benefit so-and-so. But, and, and those policies trump the will. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and, and that is the one thing people don't understand is the policy trumps. It does. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to sit down with your planner, mm-hmm. your advisor at least once mm-hmm. a year. Um, right. I, I recommend four, two or four times a year um, to just review that stuff because life will life, you know, right. it, 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 life is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know it's hard. I know that everybody's busy. I'm busy. I got three kids mm-hmm. and, um, but I'm going to take time out of, out of my schedule to make sure that my plan is in place and that it's constantly being updated because life happens. And I want to make sure the same is true for my clients. And, well, and um, if you're doing it, say three or four times a year, it's probably a fairly short meeting as opposed to every five years, every 10 years. Oh my gosh, you're almost starting over. 
Yep. It's a quick check-in. And mm -hmm. hey, life happens. Has anything changed since we last talked three months hey, ago? Nothing. Okay. Have you gotten divorced? Have you gotten married? Have you had a child? Has a child got, you know, there, there's all these questions, but you can, you can just run through them really fast. Yeah. Um, and then you can review positions and mm -hmm. strategies and are we on track and those things too. Um, you know, I, I, I have a process and I very much believe in the process that I have. And uh, I wish a lot more planners and advisors would use a process like this, but you know, I batch my time. I, mm -hmm. I focus on very specific things at specific times during specific intervals. So I approach the client meeting the same way, right? Mm -hmm. When we're doing review sessions, um, I, I generally recommend we either do two or we do four a year. Mm -hmm. We're doing two, we're going to do this in meeting A and this in meeting B. Mm -hmm. If we do four, then we're going to do this in meeting A, ah. this in meeting B. So it's bite-sized chunks. This Yes, we're going to mm -hmm. take parts of it, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and that way we're still getting everything done. It's updated on an annual basis, but we've had more time to really look a little deeper into each and every one of those components and pieces of the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and really that, um, that just kind of gets back to life happens. And so you've got to stay on top of it. Right. And you know, it, the last thing I want for anyone, whether they're a client or not is, all of a sudden to wake up and realize, Oh, I'm retiring tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and I have this big giant bucket of money. What do I do with it? Right. Mm -hmm. well, or I'm retiring tomorrow and I don't have a big giant bucket of money. And that's even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and as you said, things happen. I mean, you know, every day we see where there is some tragedy and <clears throat> in order to even pay final expenses, they're having to do GoFundMe campaigns and, and things like that. <clears throat> Because they never stop to think, you know, hey, something could happen to me. Yeah. And, you know, and some of that stuff is, is things are tragic and, and accidents happen. And, um, but at the same time, I look at those when I, when I get those and I just, I, I hate that I feel this way, but I just, there's a part of me that just says, <coughs> this could have been avoided, mm -hmm. you know, um, well, one 30 minute meeting that could have been avoided. And, and as we've said, it is, you know, especially if you start out young and early and, and then it, it is done, you know, and, and you're just kind of adding to it as it goes. But that's kind of bringing me to some of the questions that I was thinking as, you know, we were getting ready to talk about this. You know, one of the things that people, you know, are always saying is, and, and I'm, you know, guessing you hear this enough, Dan, I don't make enough to invest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's probably one of the biggest questions that you get. So what do you tell somebody who's, and, and it doesn't matter if they're 20 or if they're 50, what do you say to somebody who says, you know, I just don't make enough to even invest? I, you're wrong. <laughs> that's what I say. You're wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter where you are on the income mm -hmm. scale. If you're homeless and you make nothing or you're a mega millionaire and you spend every day on the beach, mm -hmm. nobody can outgrow me. Mm -hmm. um, because I have a platform that allows me to work with anybody regardless of their financial position. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're towards the bottom of that financial scale, uh, obviously the focus immediately, right? The immediate need is we need to educate you on, on, on budgeting right. and, mm -hmm. and proper management of your mm -hmm. finances, right? So we need to take a deep dive into why is it that mm -hmm. you don't feel like. Are you, you going to Starbucks every single day? Yeah. I, I met with someone not too long ago and um, they, their burn rate, we call it burn rate, right? Um, their burn rate was over 150% of their income. Oh, oh, and, they're and, and they in didn't the understand, hole. Yeah, they didn't understand why their um, portfolio wasn't showing signs of growth or, or advancing. Mm -hmm. Said, you know, your burn rate is over 150% of what you're making. And, you know, I don't, I don't care how you look at it. One plus one is two. Right. And one minus three is always negative two. Mm -hmm. And um, is that right? Yeah. I have 10 fingers and, and if it takes more than that, I get very confused. I'm Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh -huh. uh, the, the, um, the reality is most people, when they find themselves in that position, either a, they have, there's, there's head junk, there's head baggage. Mm -hmm that makes them perceive that they don't have enough money to mm -hmm. save and invest or B they've never been educated mm -hmm. or C um, they're in debt or D some sort of combination of all of the above. And the reality is look, when, when my wife and I were younger, this is probably about 13, 14 years ago. 
um, we had a considerable amount of debt because of college mm-hmm. and a couple of other things, but we worked our way out of it and we worked our way out of it in under 12 months. Mm. But we did that because I sat down with her and, and, and her with me and we said, okay, what's important to you over the next 12 months for this to work for you? Mm-hmm. And what's important to me over the next 12 months for this to work for me? Mm-hmm. So we set those priorities aside immediately and knew what they were. Mm-hmm. Those were the non-negotiables. Those right. were the do not touch zones. Mm-hmm. Right. So everything else at that point was negotiable. And we put a plan in place and just, I mean, just worked, 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 worked. And 11 months later, 100 percent of that debt was gone. Wow. And, um, you know, and so that's what, you know, when I say we've made some really smart financial decisions, mm-hmm. the same kind of decisions that I want to help clients make. And if they're mm-hmm. on that lower end of the income spectrum and they or they or they're not, but they feel like they are, they feel mm-hmm. like they don't have enough to save or invest. You know, my job at that point is to become a teacher mm-hmm. and sit down with them and 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 work through the numbers because at the right. end of the day, mm-hmm. it's just math. Mm-hmm. It's just math. Mm-hmm. And and you know sometimes I have to be the bearer of good news. Sometimes I have to be the bearer of bad news. And sometimes that bad news is, you know, you're living beyond your means, or you have got to stop going to Starbucks every day. Really, <laughs> your budget's really out of whack. You're mm-hmm. driving a, a hundred thousand dollar vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you make forty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you're thinking. Why? Right. Why are you driving? You know, and 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 that's actually a real conversation that I've had with oh, someone. And they might have a very valid reason for that. Yep, that particular individual that that that's a real conversation. Mm-hmm. They were just getting started in real estate, and mm-hmm. so they wanted to present a very right. polished, mm-hmm. luxurious, professional image. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I get it, but why don't we why don't we sell that back? And mm-hmm. let's get you a fifty, sixty thousand dollar car, mm-hmm. right? That's still luxurious mm-hmm. and still nice, and and clients are still going to look at you and and find you a respectable, reputable mm-hmm. professional based on what you drive. Because you're right. in the real estate agent, you know that's one of the realities is you got to mm-hmm. drive a nice car, right? Yeah. So um, it it took some convincing, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes we get emotionally attached to things, mm-hmm. especially cars. And I'm a car guy, so I know that really well. Well, but, and they they were probably looking at other people who had the fancy cars. But those people also had been in business 10, 15 right. years. Yeah. You know? well, um, and, and there's ways, like there's leasing. I mean, like I know somebody who, who has the expensive cars, but they lease them. Yeah. And and they said, you know, it, it's it's all, and, and, I, and they said, I bet you my lease payment is less than your car payment. And danged if it wasn't. Um, you know, and, and they were driving the fancy car and, and, you know, those various things and, you know, other things like, you know, I've told women, you you can go to consignment stores and buy very nice designer label clothes. And, you know, it's, it sounds like a commercial here at not the designer prices, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, and, but the funny thing is a lot of times, and, you know, this is, you know, going off the, the deep end on this one, many times people don't even notice, you know, that's not what they're looking at. It comes back to, are you doing the job for them? You know, now granted, if somebody pulls up in a car that I'm really not sure they're going to get me to the house that I want to look at that, you know, but as long as I get in the car and it's clean, you know, all these, that's pretty much all I care about. Um, now that said, if I were buying a million dollar house, yeah, I'd probably have a different philosophy. Yeah. Well, you touched on something there that, that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Um, I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm not going to look at any of my clients and say, I want you to go buy a plunker. Uh-huh. You know, I, I get where Dave Ramsey is coming from, but in the day we have to recognize um, he and many of the other infotainment folks out mm-hmm. there, that's what they are. They're infotainment. And, um, you know, it may or may not be good advice. And um, the, the thing that always bothers me about the infotainment shows out there is um, it's a one um, one formula approach to everybody. Well, mm-hmm. that's not how financial planning works. It's right. a case by case design. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there, there's no two households alike. Right. And, you know, one couple is going to make $350,000 a year. And another couple is going to make $140,000 a year because they chose professions that just happen to have different income levels. And then, then you start to talk about kids and lifestyle and where they like to vacation and what food they like. You know, honestly, if you're a big uh, health nut and you eat nothing but healthy food and organic food, your grocery bill is a little (laughs) higher, right? If you eat a bunch of junk food, 
Sorry, I'm yeah. a chocoholic. You know, but your healthcare costs might be more. <laughs> but, um, I'm trying to be better. Those of you that are health conscious people, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, so, so to get to that point, though, um, you, you need to make practical, smart decisions. And mm-hmm. car buying is one of them. Home buying is one of them. Where you put your assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, even um, one, one of the things that I talk about a lot, and that, that's um, that I love about Capstone is we, as a firm, they very much are passionate about educating their clients on this one. And that is, you hear a lot about asset allocation, mm-hmm. don't hear a lot about asset location. Ah. And it's important because, you know, in qualified accounts, you can have certain, um, I'm trying to think through compliance here, make sure. I know, I don't you can't, you can't give specifics. That's yeah, the tricky part. Certain things, uh, even in a qualified account, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could buy Apple or McDonald's or, or whatever mm-hmm. as individual stocks mm-hmm. in a qualified account, but you may or may not want to do that because qualified accounts are treated differently than tax deferred accounts. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's real tax implications, um, for those decisions. And so, you know, sometimes we really need to have a conversation about asset mm-hmm. location right. more so than asset allocation. Mm-hmm. And, and I also have learned that a lot of people don't even know what asset allocation is, let alone asset mm-hmm. location. So right. again, kind of going back to the educator's heart, I, I do a lot of educating and, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's really at, at the end of the day, that's, that's my job, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a lot of therapy. It's a lot of education. Um, a little bit of hand holding, but not much. Um, and I tell my clients the same thing, every single one of them. End of the day, your financial plan is your financial plan, not mine. Right. So I'm going to give you, and my team is going to give you as many options as we can based on the inputs that you give us and the goals that you have and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. But it's your plan. Mm-hmm. And, right. and our job is to educate you, to help you put that plan together and give you the options. And then when you choose the options you want, we're, we're here to help you execute it and review it and track it and measure it and, and keep it running. But, um, you know, and, Still, and, and yeah, it's your requires, personal choices yeah. that requires, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth, mm-hmm. right. It requires relationships mm-hmm. like right. we're doing today. There's face to face conversation that needs to be had. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it frustrates me sometimes to hear people talk about, Oh, I've got a guy, I've got a guy, whatever. I'm like, well, who are you with? I'm with, um, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a big name. You know, I'm with a big name. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, when's the last time you talked to your guys? Well, I have to call an 800 number. Yeah, I don't have a guy. You don't have a guy. You have an 800 number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, and, and if, if you've got an 800 number, the reality is you're not sitting down with someone no. at least once or mm-hmm. twice a year. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, that's a big deal. And um, you know, the, the other thing I'll say, kind of one final thing that I definitely wanted to touch on today um, th- there's a big misnomer out there when it comes to retirement planning. Um, so this is probably the other than umbrella insurance and estate planning. This is probably the other piece of the top three for me that I try to educate clients on. And that is there's an area where as an industry, we're very broken. And that is, um, you know, we're, we're teaching society that retirement planning is all about accumulation, mm-hmm. Right accumulate assets, accumulate wealth, you know, just, if I have a whole bunch when I retire, I'll be okay. More, 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 Mm -hmm. right. But the reality is how many, can you just imagine, just close your eyes and imagine that you've been on this magical hike through this beautiful forest, lots of nature and scenery and flowers and wildlife. And it's just absolute roses. Right. And then all of a sudden you come to the end of the trail at the end of the trail is a giant waterfall. Mm -hmm. Right. I equate that waterfall to retirement. And now all of a sudden you're at that waterfall and retirement says, it's time for you to jump over the cliff. Mm-hmm. It's a big cliff. Right. And you're going, no, 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 it's I can't big. swim. <laughs> right? So how are you going to get down to the bottom mm-hmm. where the bottom of the waterfall and that lake is that the waterfall is spilling into mm-hmm. so that you can swim around in that little lagoon and enjoy life until you die. Right. How are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. Do you have a parachute? You know, do you have, is there a way to get down there? Um, and that's a really probably a terrible metaphor, but you know, end of the day, everybody always talks about accumulation. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's talking about distribution. Mm-hmm. Really, if you're really focused on retirement planning, you should be having the conversation with your planner or your advisor about 
hey, what kind of income can I expect mm-hmm. in retirement? And 30 plus years ago, um, there's some brilliant minds that created a couple of illustrations. One's called the Monte Carlo simulation, um, and they were great. And, mm-hmm. and the Monte Carlo simulation said you need to draw 3 to 4% of your assets mm-hmm. every year uh, to, to not draw down your assets too much in retirement. Well, right. there's a couple of problems with that now, right? That was 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. We're living a lot longer now. So right. longevity mm-hmm. is a problem. Yeah. And you're so in retirement a lot longer. Absolutely. We're living longer. So that three to 4% mm-hmm. that the Monte Carlo simulation and others like it recommend is now more like two to 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, by the way, it was it was kind of expected that a lot of that a lot of those assets were left in the market. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where sequence of returns becomes a very very big deal. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you retired at the end of last year, fourth quarter last year, mm-hmm. right? So fourth quarter two thousand eighteen, what did the market do? It hit a, a rough spot. It, it, it hit a little rough spot mm-hmm. and. Um, some people think that was the big one mm-hmm. uh, for this cycle, and some people mm-hmm. think it was a trimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't speculate because I can't. But <laughs> those um, compliance people won't let you do that. Well, you know, the, the, their their job is to keep us safe and, right. and to keep compliance mm-hmm. safe. I, I get that, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think that it was the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there is a correction looming, mm-hmm. and um, at the end of the day, if all of a sudden you're retiring in a down year, right? well, all your assets just took a big hit mm-hmm. right at the time you're supposed to start drawing. Mm-hmm. That's not a good play. No, <laughs> no. Not. And You drained a lot of water out of that pool before you ever even started to swim. Right. And if it's another 2008, mm-hmm. well, all of a sudden your million dollar portfolio just became a $600,000 mm-hmm. portfolio. Right. Whoops. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, there needs to be, in my opinion, a much different conversation about retirement planning. Mm-hmm. That conversation needs to start with, all right, let's plan for income. How are we going to create a distribution strategy that that makes sense, that that locks in a certain amount of income? What kind of income do you want in retirement? Mm-hmm. What kind of lifestyle do you want in retirement? Right. Really, that is a conceptual conversation that has to begin with when you retire, if you if you close your eyes and you pretend that tomorrow is retirement. What does it look like? Where are you at? Who are you with? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And why? You know, right. we all have that fantasy in our mm-hmm. mind of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, we need to know as financial planners and advisors what our client's mm-hmm. dream is and what it looks like right. so that we can then evaluate, okay, is that within reason mm-hmm. based on the numbers we have today mm-hmm. or not? Yeah. And if it's not, is there a way to, to bridge that gap or not? And if not, then then what? Do we make adjustments yeah. on the other? Yeah. You might There's not be able to buy that. that island, but you might be able to have some beachfront property. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it, it's just having that conversation and it's an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's there's definitely other strategies beyond accumulation that need to be um, discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, between planners and clients. Mm-hmm. And I think income distribution, uh, particularly when it comes to retirement, mm-hmm. is one of them. I also think that, you know, sequence of returns, mm-hmm. uh, I would encourage anybody and everybody out there, if, if they're listening to the show, Google sequence of returns. Um, there's a company out there called BlackRock that produced a very wonderful illustration um, called sequence of returns. And it talks about markets go up and markets go down. And, mm-hmm. and when you retire, um, you know, it, the market can have a tremendous impact for the better or for the worse mm-hmm. on your assets if you don't have a two-pronged approach. And, right. and, and it's really what's called two economic powers, mm-hmm. right? There's rate of return, uh, sequence of return, but there's also actuarial science. Um, and, and that's the conversation that's not being had is the actuarial science mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, I happen to be kind of... Um, well-versed in that area, especially with my PNC background, because it's, it's all, it's all actuarial driven. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and and then just kind of tie it all together. I think that you need to have a little bit of both, but where each and every individual puts those um, percentages, you know, how much they allocate to one or the other, 
it, it, it's going to vary from person to person, but we've got to have that conversation. Right. Well, good golly, Dan, this really has been fascinating. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we want to encourage people to, to have those discussions. You know, if you haven't had those discussions, you need to start those discussions, whether it's you, whether you're part of a, a couple, part of a family, all those various things, you know, reach out, find those trusted advisors. If they want to contact you, Dan, how do they contact you? Uh, easiest way is by phone. You can either call or text this number, mm -hmm. uh, but my number is 404-384-7756. Mm -hmm. um, my email address, uh, I think you have that, uh, but I'll share that to you. It's D, my first initial, Dan, D, uh, and my last name, B-O-L-E-S, mm -hmm. B as in boy, O-L-E-S. So D Bowles at capstonefn.com. Um, and then I think, I think you'll put that in the description yep. and everything too. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can also just Google me and, and you can find me that way. Um, you can go to capstonefinancialga.com or you can um, go to danbowles.com. One way or another, that'll get you to me. Perfect. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Great. Well, and as you said, you know, if it's not something you can help with, you can get them somewhere else because clearly, you know, we have a lot of people who probably aren't in Georgia, you know, all those various things, but you know, it's, it, it we need to, it, it, folks, that's not an excuse. You know, you, no. we can't say, well, I didn't know who to talk to. Nope. Uh -uh. In this day and age, that is definitely not an excuse. Um, so, you know, Dan, I certainly look forward to the next time that we talk because this is, this is, it's a great conversation and it's funny. It's not business but it is business, you know, because if our financial houses aren't in order, then our business house can't be in order, um, you know, and, and so it all ties together. And of course, you know, then, then there is that whole thing with, you know, planning for your business future and, and all of those various things. Yeah. And, and, oh, it just gets so confusing. So, you know, we will definitely have you on again. I look forward to the next time. But I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Dan Bowles. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.